I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. I asked Justin this, and I I feel the need to ask you as well. Um, The fans and the community seem to be getting back into the swing of things at at Rio Tinto Stadium. I think there's like 3,000 seats left, last I heard. Have you you noticed kind of a a change amongst the the fan base, the excitement levels by chance? Um, Well, I've been to a few different appearances involving uh, certain fan groups, and... There's definitely an energy uh, about it. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of optimism regarding the new ownership and the direction they want to move the group in. Um, obviously, I think the guys, um, you know, we've been a bit shorthanded, but yet uh, pulling out some really good results. Um, so I think at this moment, um, the last couple of months, there's, there's a bit of momentum. And so I, I definitely feel that, you know, but it's, it's I, I mean, I always feel that. I don't know if that's just a crazy thing. You know, I always feel like we're, we're being supported. So... Um, you know, obviously excited to, to really have another home game and, uh, you know, put another good performance out in front of the fans. Um, and then as a manager, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to try to predict how your brain works. When, when you have momentum, you want to keep it. And so you're probably wondering how to best go about that without, without Luke. What, what are you doing to, to, try, to try your best to continue to to build and gain confidence within the group? Uh, well, I think the most important way to do that is, is how you approach every day. You know, I don't think there's a magic pill. And, um, and obviously, you need breaks along the way. You know, and, and I think the most important thing for us is to really get one day better in, in the different areas that uh, we feel we can improve, which is in all areas. Um, and, and whilst doing that, having the mindset where we want to come out and compete every day, you know, I think... Oftentimes, when you you're in a good way, you you stay relaxed. And today, there was probably you know six different stops in the session because someone was injured because of a hard tackle. And and that you know you hate to see that as a coach because obviously we're we're short and you don't want any more players out. Um, but you love to see that as well because that's what's going to keep you going. You got to have a drive and you got to have a desire to want to compete the right way and, and get better. And so I think that's that's the only way I know of. of of keeping things going, because at the end of the day, um, you're competing against another team at the weekend that, that are trying to do the same thing. So you can have all the momentum you want, uh, but you're up against it with an opponent and then all the different variables. The only thing we can control is the way we conduct ourselves day in and day out. And to this point, I couldn't be more proud of this group. Um, I guess on, on kind of a similar note, can I can I ask for an update on uh, David Ochoa, Aaron Pereira, and Demet Krylak in particular? Um, yeah, Ochoa's making progress. Um, you know, he's, he, has, he hasn't trained with the team uh, yet, uh, but he's making progress and he's doing a lot of his stuff uh, on the field, which is, which is positive. Um, Herrera is, is, is a tricky one. You know, I think there's been moments where you think he's going to be ready at the weekend and, you know, he feels a little tightness in, here and there. And so it's, again, dialing him back to to a level where he's comfortable and then from there making progress. So, again, uh, he's been in and out. 
And then uh, Dami has been making progress with his calf. It's been something he's been dealing with since preseason. Um, he hasn't trained with the group in, in quite a long time. Uh, so for us, it's, it's important to see progress, and I think we're seeing that. Um, again, he hasn't been training with the group, but uh, opt- optimistic that uh, maybe next week he'll turn the corner and we'll, we'll be able to join us. And then um, I just got a couple couple quick questions for you. I, I am curious when it comes to the Zach McMath David Ochoa conversation. Ochoa's the starter, but you want to create a competitive environment within the dressing room. It, what you know? How, how do you handle that? I guess you know Zach McMath's been playing really well, but do you give David Ochoa the the job back, or does he have to earn it? Help me understand. Yeah, no, I think it's a I think it's a tricky situation. You know, I think David's uh, you know ended the season last year in a great way. Um, and 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 started the majority of the preseason games, but like you said, you know you want a competitive environment. And what I've known, what I've what I've learned in in in, in managing in in the years that I've been doing this, which you know hasn't been long, um, but is that you can't fix problems in the future. Situations in the future will fix themselves. Like when when that that moment comes, then you deal with it. You don't know all the variables that go into it. You don't know uh, the run of form. You don't know results. You don't know um, how available. You know, Achua is coming back from injury. Is he is he seventy five percent versus hundred? So to to fix a problem now uh, would be futile. And I've learned that you can't do that. The only thing that does is cause more stress in your life. So. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but again, I, I'm really happy with uh, having two first-rate goalkeepers to choose from. All right, we're going to jump to DJ. Your line's open. Pablo, three in the back now is getting very different results than three in the back got uh, at the end of the last season. What do you attribute that to? Well, I think again, I, I, last year we had very little time to to really fix things, and I think in that span of whatever it was, five games in two weeks, there, there's I mean, there's video sessions, but there's there's not going over um, exactly how we need to operate the focus. Um, we spent a lot of times uh, time as as coaches on, on the details of, of what that looks like, in particular the positioning of our wing backs. Um, when we could be a little bit pinched in almost off the back shoulder of the third center back and when we need to get flat. And even that, that little micro adjustment makes a huge difference. Um, the other part is um, we've talked quite a bit of, of defending uh, our, our, you know, our shape behind the ball when we're in, in the attack. That's been a huge part of our preseason. Uh, and so as we're going forward and attacking, we're, we're, we're aware of the players that are in counterattacking positions to deal with, and we're aware of the spaces. Um, and I and and the, the third part of this is being cognizant of not losing the ball in dangerous areas, right? Secure possession in the middle of the field, um, and really, um, you know, you can get as creative as you want in the wide areas, but in the middle of the field, it's got to be really simple, very secure. And so you take all those three things, and I think they're, they're, they're they've been keys to us uh, being able to defend better in a three. How often in, in a training session uh, have you seen uh, Tate Schmidt hit a ball like that? <laughs> uh, to be fair, today he tried, another, he tried another one. He got in the same spot. It didn't come off quite like it did at the, uh, the weekend. You know? And I think that's the magic of football. It's, it's really defined by moments. Um, and in that moment, Tate, you know, wasn't his glory, you know. I, I think he couldn't have the, the 
the precipitation, the ball, the surface, um, his desire, his technique, all matched up for that moment. Those those don't come too often that a, that a left-footed player curls a right-footed ball like he did to win the game. That was such a good answer. I forgot my next question. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. That was good. Um, oh, I know. I was, was going to ask you about Tatum. I'm curious because when you coached last year, he's on loan to Phoenix in the USL. So how did you build a relationship with him? How do you kind of meld him into the group as he comes back? How, can you recount for us how that happened? I heard there were some off-season conversations with you guys. What was the process to get you know through three or whatever months to – that goal. Yeah, so last year uh, when he left, uh, he reached out and we had a couple conversations when he was in Phoenix and we were just talking more about mindset um, than anything tactically and how to, uh, you know, how, how to think about this, what could be perceived as a step down in your career, but it's really about gaining experience. So, I, I, you know, what I was explaining to him was about, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to get playing time, which is what you haven't had here. Um, and then I had a conversation with him in the off season uh, when, when, when I was given the job and I just let him know, listen, we're, we're planning on bringing in a left back. Um, but like everything else, it's a competition and, and you got to be ready to come in. You got to come in fit. You got to come in ready to learn uh, and really take advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, to, to Tate's credit, uh, he's improved with every performance. Uh, he keeps He's, he's a student of the game. He watches our opponents on the flights over uh, to, to, to where we're playing, which is, to me, a sign of somebody that is taking responsibility for his craft and his career. Um, and so when you got a player that has the physical attributes that Tate has and the desire to learn that Tate has, I, I think you know he's putting himself in a great position, not, not only for this year, but really a huge stepping stone in his career. And, and I couldn't be more proud of what he's been able to achieve. Um, and I, I think the more players, and, and, and we do have a lot of players that, that come from the same ilk. You know, Brody, this was Brody last year, not getting a lot of time, really taking advantage of it. And, and here's Tate, and I can probably name six or seven other guys, Holt, you know, Jay Glad at one point, Aaron, uh, all these guys that really commit themselves to, own, to owning their, their craft. And again, I think that's, that's a big part of our identity um, and, and being problem solvers and, and taking responsibility. And so I think uh, Tate's a great reflection of that. Nashville was playing in the other conference, so they weren't getting a lot of attention from media out here or fans out here. I think if we knew two things, it was that Nashville defends and Nashville gets results. Are they going to be a little more aggressive this year? Or are you starting to see them add another piece to the puzzle here? Um, you know, the games that, uh, that, that that I've watched, it's it, it's you, you said it right. Uh, they're they're a great defensive team. They they commit to defending. Um, you know, eleven guys behind the ball. I think where they've really made some strides, and, and you know they had these players last year, but CJ Sapong, you know a target forward who makes great runs, uh, Hani Mukhtar, uh, for me one of the best playmakers in the league, um, and then you have a Leal, who's a Costa Rican international, who's a, a nifty one v one player, and so you know you got essentially seven guys that that are doing a lot of dog work, and then you have three special players up front that really uh, like to exploit teams in the counter. But can also create, you know, in, when teams drop into a lower block. So, um, and and then they have, you know, their, their their coach Gary Smith, one that I'm most familiar with, as as I, I played under him. Um, you know, he's he's organized. He he demands a lot and demands a winning environment and creates a winning environment and demands that type of mentality. 
And so when you put all that together, it's no surprise that uh, Nashville has have, have gotten off to a good start. All right, we're going to finish with William Bonilla in Spanish. William, your line's open. Profe, buenas tardes. Hola, William. Felicidades, dos victorias consecutivas al inicio de la temporada ante dos equipos de primer nivel. La segunda parte me parece que es un equipo muy disciplinado, cometen pocas faltas, posesión de balón. ¿Es el estilo que usted quiere y a qué punto se está llegando para lo que usted busca en el equipo? Pues yo para mí eso muestra que somos un equipo disciplinado, que, que estamos organizados, que sabemos lo, la, las áreas de la cancha donde queremos meter un poco más presión y podemos hacer falta y las áreas que también nos hacen mucho daño y eso viene con experiencia y yo creo que con los cuatro meses que tuvimos el año pasado y ahora en la pretemporada hemos aprendido mucho de, de nuestro grupo y pues yo creo que tenemos que seguir para adelante, yo creo que tenemos que mejorar en, en todas las fases de, del juego, pero lo más importante es que tenemos la mentalidad de ganador. Le voy a recomendar un jugador que está disponible para que lo traiga a Real Salt Lake. Se llama Lionel Andrés Mesti. No quiere estar en el PSG, tráigaselo, profesor. Eh, mira, es, yo creo que si sí, le mandaba un email a, a, a los dueños que te, te, te van a escuchar. <risa> 